Now, this morning, I want to continue talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. You remember two weeks ago, I talked about a radical change. That is the new birth. The Holy Spirit comes within us, and we are changed at the very core of our being, at the root of our being. That's why it's a radical change. And then last week, talked about the fruit of the Spirit. We find fulfillment. That is, we are the people God intended us to be, and we flourish in our relationship with Him and with one another as the fruit of the Spirit are, seen, are, are, are developed in our lives. And then today, I want to talk about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We are empowered to bless others, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit have a role to play in ministering to one another. We have all received the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the gifts of the Holy Spirit are simply the manifestation of that one gift we have received. The Spirit has come and we are indwelt by the Spirit and the Spirit goes to work in and through our lives. And that's why we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, simply the manifestation of the Spirit in our lives. There's a Greek word, charisma, means gift. Sometimes Paul uh, qualifies it with pneumatikos, which means spiritual, so spiritual gift. The plural of charismas is charismata, and, and that is the word that inspires the term charismatic. So we talk about charismatic Christians. You might say gifted Christians. But as a strict matter of theological fact, all Christians are charismatic Christians. All have received the Spirit and all are used by the Spirit in various ways. Our task as charismatic Christians is to be open to whatever the Lord wants to do through us through our congregation, how the Spirit wants to move. We need to be sensitive to His prompting and obedient to His prompting. After all, Paul says, quench not the Spirit. And unfortunately, we do that sometimes. We quench the Spirit when we think, oh no, God can't use me that way. We quench the Spirit when we say, well, we want God to move, but, but not like that. Those are all ways in which we douse the fire of the Spirit. That's what it means to quench the Spirit. It's, it's taking a big bucket of water and pouring it on the flame to try to douse it. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians 12. We're not going to read the whole chapter. It's a long chapter, but I want to read two sections of it this morning. Paul here talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, he's not... He's not writing this for a church exactly like ours. He's writing it for a church that had overdosed on some of the gifts of the Spirit. They had lost their equilibrium. And so they were really focused in on what we call speaking in tongues or glossolalia. And Paul nowhere, nowhere says that is invalid. But what he does say is there's a whole lot more to it than that and you have things out of balance. So he's writing a corrective here. This isn't everything that's to be said about the spirit and the spiritual gifts, but it's a corrective. Now, in our case, may I say, just put it on the record, 
There is no danger of us falling off the fanatical end of the spectrum. I am not worried about us going crazy when talking about the gifts of the Spirit. That's not our problem. So we're turning to this passage with a little bit different purpose in mind, to see how God might use us in spiritual things, perhaps in a greater way than he has before. Not because God is unwilling to use us, but because sometimes sometimes we've got clear ideas on what God's supposed to do, what he's not supposed to do. So let's read what Paul says here in verse 4. He says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, or more literally, a word of wisdom. To another, the message or word of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. You think, well, I thought we were all supposed to have faith. Well, we are, but he probably means mountain-moving faith, miracle-working faith. To another, Gifts of healing by that one spirit, to another miraculous powers, to another prophecy, to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Now, if you skip over to verse 27, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? The obvious answer is no, no. And he closes, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. I'm not focusing on that verse because he's really setting up what he's going to say in chapter 14. And I I don't have time to get to chapter 14 this morning. Now, Paul says here that God works in a variety of ways in people, and each one manifests the Spirit in a different way. Again, that's all we're talking about when we're talking about a gift of the Spirit. We're talking about the Spirit who indwells each believer being manifest in and through that person in a way that God chooses in order to bring about the good of the church. Now, it's as God chooses. The Lord likes variety, And he works in each one of us in an individualized way. And he does it not for us. The gifts are not about establishing our worth. It's not about gaining status. It's not about feeling important or finding our place as if it's about us. No, it is for the common good. God wants work done. God wants his people blessed. And so he gives the Spirit for the common good, and the Spirit is manifested in diverse ways for the common good. Now, Paul lists some different ways. 
He focuses mostly, though not exclusively, in this passage on some of the more supernatural type gifts, what we would call supernatural, the unusual gifts, because that happens to be what the Corinthians were focused on. And he's trying to make a point in that context. But you notice not all of these gifts are what we would ordinarily call supernatural. He talks about the gift of guidance, for example, more literally, administration. Well, if there's one thing that doesn't seem particularly spiritual to me, it's administration. (laughs) Most pastors I know want to delegate all of that giftedness to somebody else. Administration. He talks about teaching. And while teaching may be a spiritual gift, there certainly is a natural component to it. Some people have a gift for teaching, some don't. He talks about a variety of gifts here. If you go over to Romans chapter 12, you'll see he mentions other gifts as well. He talks about the gift of leadership. He talks about the gift of helps. Now, what's the gift of helps? I mean, pretty much anybody can help, can't they? So what is the gift of helps? Well, we could talk about that, but let me leave it aside for a moment. He also talks there of of other gifts that seem rather ordinary. Like he talks about the gift of giving. Well, we're all supposed to give, right? And we're all supposed to be generous, but there seem to be some people, at least in Paul's mind, that have a special gifting to give generously, maybe wisely, maybe with special sensitivity to need. I don't know, but he calls it a spiritual gift. Here's what I'm saying. Paul is not giving us a definitive list of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Like, here are the, here's where they are. You got to be one of these. Paul is just off the top of his head listing some of the varieties. He's just telling us that God gives different gifts, different areas of service, different ways of working. The Spirit manifests Himself through us in a variety of ways. Here are some. Some of them seem supernatural, some of them seem rather natural but they are all ways in which the Spirit works through us. See, when I give my life for God to use and the Spirit lives in me, then the Spirit will use me in perhaps many ways. Maybe it will be in some overtly extraordinary way, or maybe it will be taking some gift, natural gift that He gave me and When I consecrate it to him, he uses it in a spiritually powerful way to touch people's lives. Variety, variety, variety. That's what Paul keeps emphasizing here. In fact, if you look back in verse 4 again, look what he says. There are different kinds of gifts. There are different kinds of service. There are different kinds of working. He's trying to say that gifts are particular to the person. That's why I don't think you should focus too much on the gifts that he lists. The focus should be on drawing close to Jesus Christ, being surrendered to the Spirit, and then allowing the situation, the the common good to draw it out of you. That is, you'll find instances where you see a need and you have a sense that the Spirit wants you to do something about it. 
that's a good indication that the Spirit wants to manifest His work through you, wants to use you to bless others. Don't get hung up over, well, which gift is this? And is this really my gift? Let the need draw it out of you under the leadership of the Spirit. And the gifts are as, as multitudinous as the people of God. There are so many. They are concrete and specific. I remember a lady at another church. Her name was Edna Higginbotham. Quite a name. She was 80-ish, she was I think, right around there. And we used to go to a home for women who were, in some cases, homeless, um, under threat of violence. It was called McKimmy Place. We would go there every month. Our church would go there every month, and we would feed them and just spend time with them, have a Bible study, that sort of thing. And Edna went there every single month. But one, one month she missed, and I was there, and all these ladies kept asking, where is the lady with the hugs? Where's the lady with the hugs? Well, here's, she would come and she would just love on these young women. She would hug them and sit and listen and encourage them. And she was the lady with the hugs. So, so Paul doesn't mention hugs as a gift of the Spirit, which is probably just as well. And to be honest, it wasn't, it wasn't that she had a gift of hugs. What she had was a gift where she loved these women and she somehow could connect with them. She just listened to them and encouraged them and expressed love in a way that felt warm and embracing. God gave her that gift. Now, was it on the list? Well, you could probably pick it out. I mean, Paul talks about the, the gift of encouragement in Romans 12. The gift of encouragement. So she's got the gift of encouragement. Why even worry about that? She was available to God, and God used her by the Spirit. She was open to the prompting of the Spirit, and she didn't quench it. She didn't say, well, you know, I, I can't help anybody. I'm not a therapist. I'm not this. I'm not. She didn't do that. She let the Spirit use her. So when we talk about how the Spirit wants to use each one of us, it's in the concrete details of our lives. That's where we find it. The opportunities that are right in front of us, the tools that God gives us, the personality with which he created us, a special anointing that he gives us, and it will... It, it will vary from what other people do. Even if you're functioning in the same gift, even if you're functioning, you might have the gift of evangelism. You may, might be like Chris Womack, who's doing push-ups with Baylor students and then sits down over coffee and shares the gospel. I mean, he has a real gift in that area. But then Billy Graham had quite a gift in evangelism too, but it was a whole different, different way that God used him. Same gift, but different service, right? Paul talks about gifts of healings. It's in the plural. And I do believe that there are some people with a special touch of God, a special anointing that when they pray for people, not everyone gets healed, but a surprising number of people are healed. I do believe in that. But I also believe 
that this gift of healing might manifest itself in a wise therapist who's able to listen, understand, share words of real insight to help, pray, and bring about a healing of the person. Or through physicians that use skills that they've learned, natural abilities, but they're consecrated to Christ and used by him. When we have musicians who are up here, singers who are up here, who are using skills that they have, that isn't unspiritual. They are consecrating that to the spirit, and it becomes a gift in, with, and under that God ministers. There are an infinite number of ways, if we are open, that the Holy Spirit can use us. Unfortunately, all too many people say, well, you know, because I don't have that gift, I'm really insignificant. And they hold back. But no, if you are a Christian, you are gifted. You've received the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit wants to manifest his power in and through you in a way that fits you, your context, and the needs around you. So I want to challenge you to open your life to what God would do through you. Don't quench the spirit. Don't say, oh, no, it can't be that. And, and don't quench the spirit if God wants to do something really extraordinary through you. Maybe you need to pray for someone who's sick and pray not just for comfort and peace, but for healing itself. And who knows that God won't use your prayer. So be open to what the Lord wants to do. Let him use you and build up the church. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about building up the church, bringing about the common good, glorifying the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't, don't censor him. Don't quench what he wants to do. Let him work through you. And so when that happens, the church comes alive. Ministry happens. Lives get touched. But remember, being a Christian is not a matter simply of believing things. You must be born from above. And changing as a person and becoming more like Christ is not just by fixing yourself and trying to manage your thought life, as important as that may be. It's the Holy Spirit working in you. And to be, to be empowered to bless people, to have an impact on people, is not just you doing something. It's allowing the Spirit to work through you in whatever way he desires. Now, that's particular to you. It means you say no to some things where you're not gifted, but where God has called you, that's where you do it. So be open, be open, but turn your eyes not in on yourself, but around you. And I'll close with this. One of the ways that, one of the best ways I think you can discover what gift God wants to use you in, one of the best ways to do it is to prayerfully look around you. And when you see a need and you think somebody ought to do something about that, 
Somebody should be doing this. That's when you keep praying about it. And it may very well be the Lord's calling you to step into that space somehow. Amen. So it all begins with the Spirit causing us to have new life, growing in Him, and empowering us to serve. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for not just saving us, but using us, Lord, to touch other people, to build them up, to encourage them, to bring about, Lord, to bring about the the powerful, life-changing presence of the kingdom in in manifestation, Lord, to, to be your hands, your feet. We thank you that you can and do use your people, and we know you can and will use us as we open our lives to you. Lord, would you please show us, show us how you would, you would call us to ministry. And Lord, whatever that is, give us faith to step out. Give us faith to do exactly that. And Lord, we pray for those who have not yet experienced that radical change that begins all of this, that radical change of the new birth. Lord, will no one leave here? We pray that no one would leave here without receiving Christ as their Lord and as their Savior. We pray that in his name. Amen.